Hey, how's it going, folks? Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about recovery and the multiple pathways of recovery. Um, my name is Alex Bond. I'm stepping in for Nathan Mitchell, our usual gracious host. And um, sitting here with me, I got Morris Baton. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well today. Things are going all right. Uh, I'm Morris Baton. I am a certified peer recovery specialist here at McShen. I am a person also in long-term recovery. Um, I haven't found a need to use any mind or mood-altering substances in about two years now, and uh, life is good. That's awesome, man. And uh, again, I'm Alex. Um, been here at McShen for about seven months now. Um, also a person in recovery, um, a peer leader and house leader here at McShin. And um, we have a cool dynamic, Mel. You were actually my recovery coach when I first got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, kind of close to the time when I started working here. And, you know, learning about, learning how to coach recovery is uh, is something that, that, you know, I feel like for the past couple of years, you know, I've always gotten people always want to ask me questions and things like that. And it just, it, it really comes down to just simple conversations with people. Mm-hmm. You know, that they talk a lot about the connectivity, you know, the difference in uh, addiction and how, how the connection that people have is actually what uh, actually aids in people recovering. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, when you start to talk to people and actually are interested in what they have to say, and you use the skill of listening, you know, that, 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 that speaks volumes because a lot of times we think about the word communication. And we always think the first thing that used to pop into my mind when I thought about communication was simply, you know, talking, you know, talking to somebody. But communication, that's only half of it. You know, you have to have somebody mm-hmm. there to actually listen in order to communicate, and the person that's listening, they have to actively listen and hear what you're saying. And a lot of times, you can get a lot of clues in the, in the person, in their emotions, and in, in their thoughts on things simply by listening to them. You know, it's it's a it's a gift, and it's also something that uh, I think we need to do more of. You know, in this world, I think a lot of people are listening now with all the stuff going on in the world. No, that's it. I think that's a really good way to articulate is it's a two-way street yeah um i heard some somewhere in the past that um there are kind of two types of people there are people who wait for someone to finish so they can get off what they want to say uh-huh. and then there are people who respond to what other people say when they're exactly, done exactly and and being in in recovery and especially in your position you have to have that tool of listening active listening of course um and that's one thing that really impressed me with you when we first met is that not only did you listen and give me a platform to get off whatever I may have had on my chest, but you used your lived-in experience to make me feel less alone. Yeah, man. And, and what I was feeling. Yeah, I mean that's what it's it's, it's amazing how 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 the, the the peer recovery model is 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 so much more dynamic and helpful to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for so long we've been struggling with this with this with this battle, you know, back. To even before the war on drugs and all that oh, stuff. Oh, absolutely. And now it's just like, it's a no-brainer, you know? I mean, people that actually have lived that experience of, 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 of the, the desperation, of the, uh, the, 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 
the getting and using, finding ways to get more drugs. I mean, all of this stuff, man. I know when I first came into recovery years ago, it was like I honestly, you know, my mindset was that anybody that, that kind of understood drugs from a point of view of, of, of books, I mean, that was fine. I respected that. But at the same time, I didn't feel like they had enough information to help me because you can get all the information, but until you actually have, have you know, sold drugs or, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, and, and lived in those moments of loneliness and, and desperation and isolation, until you have actually lived in those moments and actually can, can empathize with a person, you know, you have to be able to understand the whole dynamic of that feeling that person was having. It's, I, in my opinion, it's it's difficult for someone to uh, to really to really to really help somebody in that situation. I'm not saying it's, it can't be done. It can be done, I believe. But at the same, that's because I'm open minded. I think I believe empathy is intrinsic in yeah. humans in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah but but the, you can sympathize with the person. You can have sympathy. Oh, I see what you went through, and I feel sorry for you your pain. When you empathize with somebody, you actually know. Mm-hmm. Because you have experienced something very similar, and so you know, like when I have coaches, you know, when when you came in, I mean, you were pliable and you were open minded enough to say maybe this might work for me. You know, a lot of people come in with that closed mind aspect, and they just, you know, they want to fight everything, skate, you know? yeah, or they just or, or do just, just enough, yeah. You know, and 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 this is a lifestyle where we we have to understand it. We can't do just enough, you know, because when we were out there using and drinking and drugging, we went to the to the limits. You know, we pushed it. So now when you come in here, you know, and you want to get clean, if you say you want to get clean, one one thing one of my, my good friends, one of my mentors, he tells me all the time is that, you know, if somebody was to ask you what you want to do for your recovery, your answer should be no matter what, no mm-hmm. matter what it takes. I'll do anything, you know. I want to stay clean, and if I get some suggestions from a person, and they're speaking from a genuine point of concern, I'm going to do my best to follow their suggestion. Because you know, you got to be willing to, to go that extra mile when you do this. This is about life and death, mm-hmm. more so today than ever. But I mean, it's it's really sad, you know. I see a lot of people in their you know, early 20s and mid-20s and stuff. And it's, it's rough because I look at it like it took me a while to understand that I was at it. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't really start really focusing on recovery until I was 48 years old. And uh, Well, and I found out when I was, I mean, I at least like probably self-diagnosed when I was probably 18 and uh-huh. said, oh, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by then it gets almost, almost close enough to too late. Yeah, and it pains me to see that a lot times because a lot of times in my job sure I don't want to help and I, I have to understand that nobody's going to really get it until they want to do mm-hmm. it but it's just like I'm looking at some of these kids and I'm like I don't want you to go another 20 years and wait until I waited to figure it out because more often more often today it's going to be too late mm-hmm. a lot of people are not getting the opportunity to try recovery multiple times like you know, years ago. And it didn't happen all the time years ago, but it's more frequent now for people to just decide that they're not ready to try it out and they go out and they don't make mm-hmm. it back. The opiate dope era, yeah, yeah. is it, I mean, no, I guess 
not to be unknowledgeable about it, but the uh, the crack epidemic sucks and was terrible, but the opiate epidemic is killing almost way more people yeah. because it's like one and done at this yeah. point. And a lot of times I try to think about it, I say, you know, sure, people have always died from using drugs. Absolutely. But I think the rate, because of the fentanyl, yeah. the rate of death is like exponentially increased. It's 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 nuts. It's nuts. And I want to I wanna elaborate on something that you told a friend of mine one time. Um, was in the program and relapsed and kind of had a habit of it. And he was talking to me about it, and I think he ended up talking to you also. All three of us were in a group, and he couldn't understand why he kept relapsing. Mm -hmm. And you told him that it's because, and this is kind of to bring the mental health side into it, is as addicts, we become used to an unnormal state. Mm -hmm. So when we're high and using, that's our normal. So Mm -hmm. when we get sober and clean, that's not normal to us, so we crave that that quote unquote normalcy yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you elaborate on that a little well, bit? I mean, Man, I just thought that was really cool. That's something that uh, a lot of my predecessors they used to, to stress to me to try to get me to understand the whole thing about addiction. Man, it's just like you know, people that are that have substance use disorder, we use drugs to 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 to, to make us feel. A certain way. A lot of times, we even use them just to feel, just to hit that line of, of, of balance where we can function in life. Mm-hmm. And they told me that, and it blew my mind. It was like, you know, a normal state for a person that uses drugs is using drugs. Yeah, that's that's normal. And when we pull those drugs away and we take that quote unquote normalcy out of our lives, we end up with abnormal states. And being in an abnormal state is always something uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. And when we are trying to sustain that state, we have to put tools into place. You know, a lot of people, unfortunately, they suffer from dual diagnosis of substance use disorder and other other mental health issues. And what I'm finding as I, you know, I stick around longer and longer is that the mental mental health diagnosis, that is one thing that a lot of people are starting to address a little more now because we're finding that. If you have that diagnosis of SUD and mental health, whatever it may be, from depression to to schizophrenia to whatever, if you don't try to get a grip of that mental health piece, it's going to make it a lot difficult because I think what's happening, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you have a mental health diagnosis, a lot of times... When those people turn to those drugs, they feel like the the, the, the drugs are, are, are helping. So Self-medicating. Yeah, they're self-medicating. Exactly, exactly. They're self-medicating. So when you take those drugs away and you don't have that that that, that weed or whatever it may be to, to kind of make you feel normal, you know, that's just making the mental health manifest itself more. Mm-hmm. And, and then it'll eventually come to, well... I just, I'll just rather feel the best I can by getting high. Mm-hmm. And they just turn back to it. And so when you don't handle that, you know, it's a lot of uh, legal medications. They have lots of people you can talk to, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists, and all of these things. And when people open up and start talking about their issues, that's when they can, can thrive a little better, in my opinion. 
you know, you, you, you take your, you do your medical regimen, you, you, you see the people that you need to see to, and you talk things out, and then you tackle the, the substance use. You know, I mean, a lot of times it's not like you can just put one to the side, but I think it has to be an active role in that, in that mental health piece that you have to really, really understand that, that, that it's not going away and it's something that's part of your life and you just got to be willing to do it. They definitely work in tandem. Yeah. Um, I know, I know other people who have kind of done like the opposite way in terms of they get clean and then sustain clean time so they can get an actual diagnosis and, uh-huh. and actually medicate properly for uh-huh. what their diagnosis would be. Uh-huh. Because some people, like for me, as an example, I was diagnosed, I was in an IOP, and the guy told me that um, the gene, and I think maybe even the chromosome, that determines addicts and alcoholism is the same exact one for mental health issues, especially wow. ADD. Wow. So he had everyone in the class fill out a survey okay. for if they were like ADD or not. And I'm going down, I'm bouncing all over. Like when I do tests, I go like one, eight, two, nine. And then number like five was like, you tend to do things out of order. And I was like, oh, that's a definite big right, 10. Right, I right. definitely do that. And he diagnosed me for ADD. And other doctors, ADHD, I had a therapist I sat with one time that said bipolar, but the weird dynamic that I find between two things that are so similarly connected is that uh, substance use disorder is self-diagnosable, mm-hmm. but and, and, it, and I think thrives off of a peer-to-peer relationship right, and, right. And, and, and how to get those recovery tools, but mental health illness is almost the opposite you have to be diagnosed by a clinical professional like like anyone who is an alcoholic can look at someone else and say yeah that guy's probably an alcoholic but he's got to figure it out for himself yeah someone with bipolar or add has to get diagnosed by a clinical professional which i think is kind of an interesting dynamic a little bit yeah that's true i mean you know you look at uh, i have a lot of friends and especially People with more depression type issues. It's like anxiety. Yeah, yeah, you can, you know, a lot of times these are very smart people, man, and they just suffer from something. But a lot of times, you really don't know because mm-hmm. we don't we don't communicate a lot. I mean, me personally, I, I try, but I, I think as 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 the as a race as the human race, I mean, it's you got a lot of people that that suffer in silence, you know. We talk about checking on your friends and things of that nature. And sometimes you'll not see somebody for a couple of days. You say, it's probably whatever. You don't even really think about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once you find out that this person is dealing with these things, then it's like, oh, I wonder where so-and-so is today. And it's it's a lot about, like, you don't even really know unless somebody is being open. And, and you know, I guess fortunately in, in, in this setting, you know, working here at McShin, it's like it's kind of already – know some people have different things going on and you can actually work on communicating with those people but i mean i can think years ago before i got into uh, recovery you know i had some friends that probably probably suffered from something didn't even know just thought they was just you know i'm just depressed i don't know and actually had a real diagnosis where 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 they had trouble coping Mm -hmm. you know and the drugs are always there i mean it's it's uh 
When I, I, I had someone that was misdiagnosis. Mm-hmm. So they, they diagnosed them. Then you're being medicated for this thing that actually isn't even there. Which then can cause some sort of mental health issue. Well, I can I can imagine. I mean, you know, I'm I'm kind of the whole the whole mental health thing is something I'm really starting to get a lot more uh, involved with, and a lot more knowledge about. I'm still learning things, you know. I mean, just a week ago, I mean, I lost my stepson because he had uh, some diagnosis, and you know, he dealt with uh, substance abuse, and he, you know, ended up he actually uh, he died by suicide. And the thing is, he died. He actually died clean of any minor, you know, as far as uh, illegal drugs and stuff. He died. He died. He he died clean. But at the same time, man, I mean, you know, sometimes I'd have conversations with him, and, and he seemed completely lucid, and everything was fine. But then, you know, in retrospect, you go back and you think a moment. You know, the isolation. Uh, you know, the not coming out to to watch television mm. or, or things of that nature, and, and you never really know. You know, and it, and it's it was a, a tough pill to swallow, and you know I'm still dealing with it a little bit now. You know, I'm, you know I, I grieve and I'm sad, and, but I, I I see that the families of people, man, they're really really struggling. You know, when when a person does that, they, they don't. You know, it's nothing that nobody. I I don't feel like anybody really wants to intentionally, like like hurt their their loved ones or anything. But they get in a, such a dark place where they they that is the end result for them that's that is what they feel most comfortable doing you know they figure if i'm not here i'll take the pain away from other people but i mean it's actually a pretty rough deal all mm-hmm. over you know and um it's 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 just something that we have to try to try to try to focus more on and try to figure it out i mean we can all probably get together and 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 and, and, and make it something that 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 we put on you know, on the top of our list, man, because, I mean, this is a this is a, a rough time right now for, Absolutely. for everybody. I mean, worldwide, this, you know, with this uh, whole global pandemic, you know, you have a lot of people in, in, in recovery right now that are having tough times, especially people that are newer. You know, you don't get to know people, and, and it's hard, but there is a way. You know, I'm, I'm not one to say, like, because – you know, we only have we can't do a lot of face to face stuff, and we can't meet people that 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 it's not possible. I believe anything is possible if we, you know if we really want it. No matter what, out. at the end of the you day, you know that's the whole thing. You know, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that that that's the time, but we you know when we're out there using, we we learn to adapt to situations then. So why don't we just flip it and learn to adapt now? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's you know I try to talk to people every day. You know. I, come to work and i have a network of people that well I yeah love. network and family support is the number yeah. one tool that i i could like i wouldn't be clean if it wasn't for my friends and family yeah connecting uh, with them and and it's it's definitely at the top of my list even something as small as like sitting down with my housemates and, and making and having easter dinner with the six of us yeah that's Just a like, beautiful thing man i mean a lot of people you don't get those type of things when you're when you're out there in active addiction you know as far as uh, uh, meeting up for family dinners and, and holidays and stuff, that was not on the plate, mm-hmm. you know, years ago, you know. Or it was get the presents and, 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 and I'm go out, out. Here and sell them all, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So now that with, with, with people actually trying to figure out ways and, and staying connected with people, man, 
that's the only way that, that we're really combat, combating this right now. And it's really, it's working out. It's, you know, life is good. You know, we just got to, you know, got to believe in some things. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just, you know, it, it's it's difficult, you know, but I mean, I, I hate to sound cliche, but I mean, that's life. Life For is sure, difficult. Though. You know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's one of the truest things I've, I've ever heard. And you hear it over and over again. That's life. That's life. But I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, at some point, you know, we have to kind of accept some things, you know, and, and, and all we can do is do our part. Mm-hmm. You know, we cannot control anybody else. But if we do our part and try to be good people and try to help the next man instead of pushing him down, you know, it might be a little better. Just a little bit of sunshine in somebody else's life. You'd be surprised what that can have as far as it can do as far as a ripple effect. You know, oh, absolutely. If I talk to you and you talk to me and then we talk to talk to Todd over here, you know, we can take it all out and all three of us will spread that to two people and like the old commercial and so on. Like and so a pyramid on and so on. effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, got to spread the love, man. Yeah, it's the only thing that you can give to people that costs absolutely nothing is a positive absolutely. attitude and, and a, a bit of happiness, man. And that's the greatest thing, the greatest gift we have, man, some compassion and love and some some honest appreciation for everybody i mean i look at the human race a lot of times now i tell a lot of people all the time you know it used to be a well it still is for some people but it's a saying that says um people have to earn your respect and i for one i never was that type of person and now that i've grown a little and learned some things i really hold to the thing that that each and every one of us man every human being on this earth goes through a different set of circumstances I don't know anything or a lot of things I don't know about you, per se, mm-hmm. or anybody. We don't know what another person's gone through. So as a human being, I respect you. Now, if something happens along the way where you cause me not to have respect, then that's so be it. But from the very beginning, when I meet a person, I already have that respect for them because they're another human being on this planet. And this is a, it's a rough place. You know, it's it has a lot of great moments and a lot of great things happen. But, I mean, to navigate this, you know, it has to be a, a concerted effort, man, from all of us. That's just what that's just how I look at it, even with this whole COVID thing. You know, I was seeing a lot of news, a lot of negative news. And, like, I was just one day, I was just like, you know, the first four stories I was hearing on the news was like, this person died and this person died and this person died. And now I'm just like, if I see something that says 130,000 people were cured from COVID, that's what I'm posting. Because, it's, of course, it's going to be good and bad, man. I'd rather put the good out there and, and, and do my part and hope for the well, best. Well, the countless amount of fundraisers that are out there. Yeah. Like like a, a, one of my favorite writers raising $100,000 for a food bank over his Twitter. Just like, like that. Like yeah. That's the stuff I like to hear. Yeah, man. I mean, we can't just give up, you know. And that's, that's just, that goes hand in hand. With with uh with the whole substance abuse, a lot of times people will get in here and they'll be just be like, you know, this is too hard, you know. And I'm like, you know, give it a chance, man. If you give it an honest shot, you know, we can we can work this out. You give it an honest shot. That means you know sometimes you're gonna have to do some things that are uncomfortable, you know. And that's just what it's all about, man. You, or that you, you just flat out don't want to do. Yeah. I'm I'm a pretty lazy person, but when it comes to recovery, I know what I got to get done. And that's yeah. going to get done at the end of the day. Yeah, and don't put yourself in, in weird situations. Yep. You know, and, and I think we all innately know the difference between right and wrong, man. 
I mean, in there somewhere. I don't believe there's such. Well, I don't want to. Well, I don't really believe there's such thing as a bad person. You know, we might do some some negative things, some bad things, but I, I mean, I just feel like, you know, and maybe somebody will say I'm too 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 caring or too loving, but I just feel like everybody deserves a shot, and everybody can has some good in them. Man. Yeah, on a on a base level, I've I've come to realize that. Um, just as you were saying with respect, everyone deserves respect, and then they earn disrespect of that. Yeah. That's kind of the flip yeah. what you were saying is instead of like, oh, you have to do and act a certain way for me to respect you, I'll respect you off the jump, Yeah. and then you have to do something that would make me not respect you anymore. Exactly. And, exactly. and I think a lot of times um, when people disagree on certain things, mm -hmm. they see it as, as a rooted Thing that is in someone's genealogy like oh you think that way because you're a bad person mm -hmm. and when when I've had dialogues with a lot I disagree with people all the time <laughs> so when I disagree with someone try to get to the I try to get to the root of why and it's usually based on some sort of historical aspect of their mm -hmm. lives that mm -hmm. happened to them right because right. their grandma so-and-so their this happened, some outward experience that happened to them that changed their perspective on why they think a certain maybe negative way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's just another example that people aren't innate. People know what the difference between right and wrong. Yeah, people know, and, 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 and we're all here, and like I was saying earlier, you know, everybody's experience is different. It might have some similarities within it, but everybody's experience is different. You know, um, that's one thing I, I, I find being in recovery is that such a diverse group of people, man. A lot of people that I probably, if I wouldn't have got in recovery, I, it's a great, it's a good chance. I probably have never met some of these people. Absolutely. But now that I have, some of these people are the best people I've ever met in my life. You know, you come in recovery, and and, and, and that just goes to show you also that that recovery ha does not dis you know, make a distinction on any race mm -hmm. or any gender or anything like that. I mean, I know people of all races, uh, men, women, younger kids, older people. I mean, it does not discriminate. Now, it just goes to show you what a grip it has on this world. You know, we we, we, we tend to, you know, years ago you, you had a, a very defined picture of what addiction looked like. Oh yeah. If I was to ride down the street and I saw somebody like digging in the garbage can, you know, ratty clothes, prob, you know, in my mind automatically, also I probably think they were homeless or whatever. That was what I thought an act was, you know. But then as I get in and I look at myself, and I look at a, a, a vast number of people around me. I mean, this is people, everyday people. I mean, people mm -hmm. have respectable jobs. I mean, people are hardworking Americans. Um, no race differential or none of that, man. And it's just like, you know, anybody's susceptible to this, mm -hmm. you know. But that's that goes back to like talking about how, how, trying to trying to understand one another, and and, and understanding that this mental health and, and substance abuse is a real thing, and not kind of dismissing stuff when people say things to you like, you know, you know. People want to say things like, you know, you, you run across sometimes that people say, I want to kill myself or whatever. And you're like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, you're not, you know. But you, we have to take this a little more seriously. Now. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's it's like these are very very real issues that we deal with on a day to day basis. And and because because there is that attention seeking behavior that yeah. a lot of people with substance use disorder have. So you don't ever like maybe don't, not don't ever, but there takes a lot of kind of investigative human interaction and social skills to determine are they being overly dramatic yeah. looking for attention or are they doing that because they actually feel this way? Yeah, and that's a hard thing too, man, because I, I, I honestly, I, I've known people, you know, and it's different things I've learned along the way, but, you know, it's it's very difficult for me to, to take those type of statements as 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 somebody seeking attention. If, you know, mm-hmm. if, if I don't really know, I'll, I have no issue going to somebody that I feel like may be more knowledgeable and, and bouncing things off them, you know, because because – you know, unfortunately, you do have people that use those type of statements as, as, as attention-seeking things. But a lot of times, it's even real. some people that we think that might be, they're actually seriously having these issues. And it's just we have to take the time to, you know, to to be to, to have some type of concern for, for our fellow man. You know, I mean, people say this type of stuff, and, and sometimes you, you, you dismiss it, but... You know, I've I've learned from my own personal experience, you know, I've had quite a few friends, but it's like we take this stuff seriously and 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 if it's if it turns out that it's it's not you know, it's it's not something that, that's happening, then so be it. Mm-hmm. But it's not a time to just dismiss people anymore. You mm-hmm. know, we all have different struggles. It's a lot of stuff going on. And when people start saying these type of things, you know, we have to have to stay stay receptive. And be willing to, to to share with somebody else, you know, that we might be, we might, you know, my friend here, whatever the case may be, you know, they're suffering. And maybe you need to take a look at it, too, and help me out. And diligent. Like, I have a, I have a bad history in the past, at least, of, like, not keeping in contact with people. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that I actively try to do is just hit random people up that I've met in recovery. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it's a disease that doesn't sleep. So I know when someone's hitting me up at eleven o'clock at night that I don't usually talk to. Yeah, something's a mess. Yeah, man. I mean, it's people. You know, we 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 go to meetings and and all type of things. We have all type of support groups. And I find I find it now that that I am a lot more aware of that you know somebody that you see pretty regularly, and then all of a sudden one or two, he's like, where is so and so? You know, and, and, and that's when, you know, you start reaching out. And, you know, I'm glad, you know, being in recovery, I found that I have so many genuine people that actually care and have concern about about what I have going on that, that I can't do anything but give that type of stuff back to the community and back to my fellow people that are suffering from addiction, man. I mean, and just people in general, man. I mean, that's I feel like that's kind of how... I've always been, I've always had, you know, care and concern for people. But uh, it's just, it's more prevalent where I really notice it a lot more now is that, that you know, we, we can't do this stuff alone. Man. Nobody can do it alone, you know, no matter how smart or, or how, how much you think you're on the ball. You know, everybody needs a little little hand up sometimes, man. That's what we got to do. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to wanna jump in here with uh, we have a couple comments and uh, questions here. So cool, fire away, Todd. Cool. Um, cool. You know, Gwen uh, Smith was saying she's listening. Hello, Lisa Madison said hello or good morning, everyone. 
Glenn, um, hey Lisa. Frank said the next the next right thing. Debbie said thank you and Alex or thank you Alex and Morris for being so willing to talk about such an important topic. God bless you. Uh, Mary, it says DJ is with you and she says, you know, she loves you. Um, Lisa said she suffers. Uh, she suffered from depression and anxiety for years and took medication for years. She stopped taking her meds and was doing okay. Now being stuck in the house, she found herself rethinking if I need to start taking them again and try to stay busy cleaning, cooking, Zoom meetings. Anyone ever have anyone have any other suggestions? And then Gwen also asked which writer was the one that did the um, the the fundraiser. Uh, so uh, Shay Serrano. So. He's a uh, New York Times best-selling author. Um, follow him on Twitter. I think he works. He works for the Ringer. But um, and I yeah, think, I think back to Lisa's question. Yeah, you know, like you know, any other idea, you know, suggestions on like, especially with being isolated right now, like you know, you just touched on a topic that has affected me personally. Like I had a friend of mine in, in Pennsylvania that you know tried to reach out. Late in the, late at night, it was like two thirty in the morning, and I just blew it off like, oh, I'll just answer tomorrow, and it turns out to be OD, you know. And mm -hmm. so the last person that I can, you know, I mean, I don't know if it was the last person, but in my mind, you know, he was trying to reach out for help, and you know, and I was, you know, and I, so I think it's easy, even as someone in recovery, to become desensitized to other people in recovery. Mm -hmm. Because we still kind of deal with that mentality of it's, you know, all about me. And we don't necessarily think about, you know, I mean, it's easy to get in that mindset mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I'm not saying that's everybody. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I know in that moment, I was like, well, I'll just deal with it tomorrow. But, you know, here, here's someone, you know, and then like with Lisa saying, you know, do you know any other options? So there's people that are looking, you know, for help. And I know it's exhausting, especially to try to be in a service mentality mm -hmm. to people it gets exhausting because you tend to you know after a while <clears throat> it, it can be easy to cop feelings and you're just worried about yourself and you're not you know so i mean so what other suggestions would you guys give outside of staying busy doing the meetings you know what would be proactive you know that would help out in this in this kind of scenario wow I know that's a loaded question. Yeah, well, that's cool. That's <laughs> cool. Really, I mean, we've got we've got plenty of live feeds that we're doing. I mean, right. like watching stuff like this helps participate in stuff like this. Definitely yeah. helps for me. And um, I guess one of the other things is, I guess when it comes to kind of recovery, if someone in recovery calls me, I try to answer as quick as possible. Like um, it, because I've had this kind of like bubbling arrogance when it comes to recovery at times <laughs> honestly like like once once i got I've, I've i've got like some months clean or whatever i was like oh well this person keeps relapsing they clearly don't take it seriously they don't they don't want it so they don't deserve it yeah. and that's such a bad attitude to have yeah. so once i could actually realize that i was doing that i try to answer the phone every single time someone in recovery calls me now because I would know that if I was in that situation and I needed help, I would want me to answer. Yeah. And I mean, I had a very similar situation on, on Friday and, and I felt a lot more comfortable answering the phone, helping this person out because when someone is asking for help, it's just the right thing to do to help them. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's the no sense doubt. of love and community that was given to me when I got here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, you know, 
one of the things, you know, in, in the pathway that I choose is my recovery. And by the way, I choose 12 steps. Um, you know, one of the big things in that is that you can never, you, you, it's not our, as people in recovery, it's not our, uh, job to, to, uh, to, 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 to judge somebody else's recovery. We cannot put there is no set value that you can put on somebody's willingness. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't tell somebody, you can't, you can't look at a person and say, because they're not doing this or they're not doing that. You know, he's not trying hard enough for me to help him. And I, I myself, I find myself, you know, uh, I used to find myself doing that a lot, you know, but I was not focusing on myself. And I find when I focus more on, as far as my recovery, you know, I have to focus on my recovery. It's not my job to, to do that. But it's it's so easy to do that. But then I step back and I realize that, hold on, wait a minute. It took you more, it took you over four decades to figure it out. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, just be, you know, everybody's recovery is different. You know, it has no set face. You can't look in a book and say, okay, this is how a recovery is supposed to look, you know. All that we can really see is the end results because mm-hmm. even now I feel like I work a pretty decent program. I mean, it's not perfect by no means, is it? But the things I do, it keeps me from 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 wanting to get high. I don't have the desire to use today, mm-hmm. and I'm really, I mean, honestly, I'm saying right now, this very moment, from 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 right now, I feel great. I don't I don't have the desire, but just because somebody doesn't act or say the, the same things I say does not mean that they're not willing. You know, um, God, you know, I, 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 my heart is still a little heavy, but my, you know, I have to say my stepson, you know. You know, we, we butted heads a few times, but all in all, it was pretty good. But, I mean, you know, the, his last couple of weeks, he, he, you know, he went with me to a couple of, couple of NA meetings, some very important people in his life, and um, in my life too, but I mean, he he went to those meetings. He had that desire to go, and that's all we can really do is look at those glimmers of hope, man. Because so what it comes to, everybody's not always ready to do certain things, you know. And sometimes, you know, it's a saying that says, uh, "You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, by showing uh, love and compassion, you can put some salt in the, in the horse's mouth and make him thirsty. And that's that love and that compassion. <laughs> I never you know? that part. Yeah. So, oh, I, I mean, that's, that's what it is, man. Give them a little salt, which is that love and compassion. And, 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 just, and just believe in some people, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, as, far as, as far as things to do, I mean, God, I mean, that's such a. Find that's hobbies. A, I mean, that's, that's a, one thing that that's people a tough don't, deal. don't do when they're using is you have know? actual things that they're passionate because, about. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I see so much so I think debate about you know, people going and still going to meetings and stuff. And I mean, my, per- for me, you know, I, I'm, I, when I say I do my part and I'm talking, especially with this whole COVID thing going around, when I say I do my part, I listen, you know, I try to, I wear a mask, I wash my hands, I sanitize, I, excuse me, I stay out of, out of, out of groups of 10 or more. And a lot of times I go to a, it's a one group I can think of in particular right now that we meet outside and we sit six, 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 sit six feet apart. And if it comes, if it's more than 10 people, we'll break off. Mm-hmm. We'll break off into groups. We keep our groups to 10, 10 or less. And we break off and we spread out. I mean, it's, you know, and, and some nights I go to Zoom meetings. 
I'm doing whatever I need to do, and that works for me. I don't I don't have any issue with it. I mean, some people say they they need that that face to face and that interaction, and a lot of times for me, I I I find myself you know it depends on the day. I mean, I go to some Zoom meetings and I don't have that person sitting beside me joking around or whatever. I can really focus on what the individual is saying when I'm looking at them on the screen. And I mean, and I there's like one to go anytime, any place, any yeah, day. Yeah, when it really every, comes every down day. To I it. mean, even before the COVID, I mean, we had meetings and a lot of people weren't. T- but now we have these options, man. And I think after this is settled down a couple months or whatever it takes, you know, this is going to be a great tool, man. These zoomings, I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I do do really feel like some of the newcomers are, are having a rougher time because they don't get the they don't get that that hug at the door mm-hmm. you know that 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 feeling that gosh i'm accepted but i, I want them to know man that, that you are accepted i mean we're going through this time and we just have to do something a little different but right now you know if you have to you can mix it up i know a couple other meetings too you know um that are still meeting i mean it's it's unfortunate it's unfortunate but I would urge anybody that's new in recovery right now, you know, let's just kind of try to hang on, man. You got to call some people. You know, here at McShen, we're open, you know, during the day, Monday through Friday. Uh, you know, call up here, you know, talk to somebody. I mean, we're always available, man. I like to personally give my number out, you know, when people come because I have no no issue with it. You know, I know how it is, you know, wanting somebody to talk to and, and having to deal with those thoughts yourself. And I was nine times out of ten, I just go and, and try to put my feelings out with something to, to use. But, you know, like it, like like you were saying, Alex, I mean, you know, find a hobby. I mean, you know, I've Netflixed a lot. You know, we got to find some things to do. I mean, I, I read. Uh, Arts and crafts, coloring, something. You, drawing, I mean, you gotta, journaling is kind of a cool way. Yeah. Like, I, I, I write. But um, what a lot of people do also is journal their feelings out and then either leave them there or shred them up or give them to someone or set it on fire. I mean, whatever, at least it puts those feelings out into the universe in some sort of capacity, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think is really important um, because it helps you articulate your feelings too. Like, am I um, sad and um, mad or am I actually scared? Mm-hmm. And helping write that stuff down really works for me personally. Um, but yeah, um, I didn't have a lot of hobbies when I, I mean, like, using was a hobby, so I didn't yeah. have a lot of hobbies outside of that, or using was involved with all of them. So yeah, I mean, maybe going outside isn't the best idea, but coloring and maybe like I play disc golf. You can right, do that in right. a group of two or three. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just, I mean, we can't. We're really resourceful people, man. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and if we can figure out ways to do things before this, I mean, I know it's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but I believe that we can figure this out, too. You know, uh, I, I just, you know, other than reading and having some good people stand on the phone, you know, if, if I need to call somebody, I'm calling somebody. You know, group texting with some people. You know, I actually right now I'm I'm kind of getting a lot into the the, 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 the comedians a lot now. On, oh on, yeah, on my Netflix. You know, I need some laughter. You know, try to take the positive. I know it's so much negative out here right now, but um, another thing I wanted to kind of touch on before we uh, how, how much more time? We uh, we're we're at about forty five minutes now. So okay. if you guys want to, you okay. know, 
One more thing I want to Go touch to on real quick. Um, first, you know, um, my girlfriend, Mary Ellen Vigliss. Hey, Mary. Um, she, she, you know, she just lost her son to mental health issues. And, you know, you know, being there with her and watching the amount of love that she poured out for her son, you know, that was a real, real integral part of, of, of us celebrating his life because he was a good kid, man. You know, um, he's with us now. And it's so sad to see the, 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 the pain that families go through. And, and, and luckily here in McShane, you know, we have a great, great group of people and a lot of family programs here. And, you know, once this whole COVID is over, you know, we have a, a regular Narnon meeting that goes on here. Um, we have a family meeting with Moses. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what on Wednesdays. Wednesdays. And I mean, there are a lot of resources out there. I mean, we have these phones, you know, we have all the knowledge that we need right here. You just kind of gotta, gotta go for it and look for it. You know, uh, can call McShin, we probably can give you some information here. Um, and no, you're not alone. Yeah, you're never, so, never alone, folks. And we never also, alone. we also have, you know, resources through the website, you know, available, mm-hmm. uh, you know, org. Um, you know, I mean, you can go on there and you can look at the family resources. You can look at the, the schedules. I think actually I was looking over the weekend and it looks like they're going to try to do some of these, uh, through zoom. So mm-hmm. that's offered to, you know, the community as well. that are seeking support. So, you know, in the time being as well, till we get back to normal, you know, that's a, that's an option there. I know that it, I did see that this weekend. I just don't know when the launch is for that. Yeah, so. they do those. Uh, they do those. Everybody, everybody's, you know, in this in this community is is doing Zoom meetings now from the, the people in recovery to their families. I mean, it's 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 Zoom meetings, it's resources like like you were saying. You know, look it up on uh, www.mcshin.org, I guess. I mean, just just pull it up. I mean, there's so many things we can do with our phones other than talk, text, and look at Facebook. You know, if you <laughs> really sure. if you really want to want to find this information. You know, and like I say, you can always call McShin, man. We're, we're here, like I say, Monday through Friday. I think we even have people on the phones on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So just give us a call, and we'll try to point you in the best direction we can. I also want to give a quick, uh, you know, rest in peace to my stepson, Demetrius James Vigilis. Love you, man. And, uh, you know, we're going to be all right down here. Yeah, my, uh, my condolences to you, Mel. I yeah. love you, buddy. Yeah, and you, you, you know I'm here if you need anything, man. Yeah. Um, it, it, takes a, it takes a village, man, and, and we, you know, we all got to kind of come together more. I learned a lot from that kid, and he taught me a lot. So That's beautiful, man. Well, I, I, I appreciate having this chat with you, man. Yeah, no doubt. This man. is really cool. Cool. It's cool, cool. We'll <laughs> financial forever. Forever. This has been Getting the Herd with... Mo and Alex, I hope everyone has a blessed week. Wash your hands.